gotta give you what I can today. These scattered ashes that are hid away, I'd lay it all at your feet. From the corners of my deepest shame, the empty places where I've worn your name, show me the love. I say I believe. Help me to lay it down.
right. Take your Bibles. Going to turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. I've had a joke with my family for many years. I said I got a good sermon. And the sermon be this. John chapter 11 verse 35. Shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. And I always said here's what I do. I said Jesus wept. What did you do to make him cry? And as I thought about that this week, that the verse came back to mind. I want to share with you this, this just chapter just a little bit as we get into the message this morning. And it's a wonderful picture of the Lord, and it tells us so much about him. There's so much that happened that's not recorded, but we can see glimpses and pieces of it. And I want to share with you, it says in verse 1, it says, Now there was a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister. The Lord with ointment and wiped Lazarus was So he knew these people and he knew them well. Look at the next verse. It says, Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest. Now, in, in the, the New Testament, there's only two people that it says that Jesus loved him that, like this. And we know one of them is John. And John is recording this. So John understands there was a relationship between Lazarus and his family and Jesus. It doesn't, we don't know about a lot of it because it's not recorded, but we see from this one verse that it was a very close relationship. And here's Lazarus, he's sick. And, and, and we know that, that Jesus said, now look, he said this, he said when he heard that, he said, this is a sickness, is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereof. He said, yes, basically Lazarus is sick. I know he is. He goes through and he tells the disciples, he says, that this is something special that's going to happen. And he, he tells them that Lazarus has gone to sleep. And, and, and in any time in the Bible it mentions someone's gone to sleep, it's a metaphor for somebody has died. But yet the disciples didn't grasp it. And he had to basically finally tell them, he said, he's dead. And instead of going, and he was close to Bethany, instead of going that way, he turned around and went the other way and stayed on for four days. So for four days, Jesus didn't show up. And in that time, Lazarus had died and they had buried him. He was in the grave for four days. And, and I, I like how it goes. He, he, he finally, he goes into it and, and he tells them, as he shows up in verse 14, he says, our friend Lazarus, sleepeth, but I go to that I may wake him out of sleep. So Jesus and them start to go, and in verse 17, then when Jesus came, he found that they had laid him in the grave four days already. So for four days he was in there. Now Bethany was nine in Jerusalem. It was very close, it tells us. And so a lot of people were there to comfort Mary and Martha for the loss of their, their brother. Now I want you to think about this. Jesus was a friend. And he had been there. And it tells us that, that, that listen to this, that then Martha said unto Jesus before he got to the house, said, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. 
And you think about this. Now the disciples have been with Jesus and they had seen him raise people from the dead. They had seen him heal people. They had seen when the centurion said, and said, if you'll just say it, he'll be okay. But yet, Lazarus died. And, and, and she said, if you'd have been here. And then Jesus said this. Listen, but I know that even now, Mary said, Martha said this, that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it to thee. I know you can. And then Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Now, Martha, this shows how much they, they knew. They listened to what Jesus said. He said that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus probably told them a lot of things. She understood who he was. She said, if you'd have been here, he'd be at okay. And if you ask, it's all right. But sometimes we know these things, but in our heart, we don't always understand it. We don't grasp it. Because look at verse 27. She says, Yea, Lord, I, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. <coughs> I know who you are. I understand it. You know, as we get down, look, go down to verse 33, and, and we see this. It says, that Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, and he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they say unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. You know, if we look at the words here, uh, you know, here we have people weeping. The word weeping that's used here in verse 33 is kalo, and it means to mourn, to show pain, to, to, to wail. So their crying was loud, and it was because they were hurting. It was because their, their heart was upset. Lazarus was dead, and then they were mourning as lost. But then the word for wept that Jesus has is dakru, and it means to shed tears silently for concern. People say, well, look, look, the Jews look and says, oh, oh, look, look, behold how he loved him. I want you to understand what Jesus was weeping of, not the death of Lazarus. Because he knew what was going to happen. But it was because of the concern he had for the people that were there, that were wailing and moaning as if they had no hope. You've you got to realize that, that Jesus understood their loss. He had seen people who had lost loved ones. He had risen those who had been dead before. And and, and, and said, you know, Lord, you, 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 you didn't come. If you'd have been here, Martha said, he would have been okay. Isn't it amazing? She knew who Jesus was, but she didn't grasp really. She knew what he could do, but she didn't grasp it. She didn't understand truly in her heart that, that Jesus could from the dead she's caught up in her own thing you know that's a lot like us there's many times we know what jesus can do we know who he is but let me ask you a question when you come to church do you really understand who it is that you're worshiping because a lot of times we just ask, oh it's all about me it's all about me and jesus is weeping Concern, do you know who he is? 
Do you grasp what he could do? You know, the, they weep to someone with no hope. And I got to thinking to myself, do you know how we have hope? It's because of our Without your faith, you have no hope. These people didn't understand enough that they had faith that Jesus could do what needed to be done. So I got a couple of questions for you this morning. And the first question is, what is faith? We all say we got it. Oh, I got faith in the Lord. I, I know who he is, but you know, really, what is faith? Well, to understand what faith is, we need to look at God's word. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it tells us this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So let's look at this verse a little bit this morning. The word faith is in Greek, pistis. And it means the conviction of truth. It comes from the root word pithio, which means to be. You've been persuaded. You've got conviction. But you got conviction of. Now, the, the, the scripture says it's the substance of things hoped for. That substance, the word is hupotosis, and it means foundation of what you have in your life and then the word evidence is eloquence and it means proof so it's the foundation of the proof that you have and I got to think about that I said you know the problem a lot of us have it's what our foundation of faith is based on now you know, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16 tells us this. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, Zion, a foundation of a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. So a lot of say, that's me. Preacher, I, my foundation is in Jesus Christ. That's where I lay all my proof on. A lot of us want to claim the words in the, 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 the old hymn, The Solid Rock, where it says, My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Boy, we, we can come to church and we can say it, but let me ask you a question. Is it true in your life? I can say a lot of things, but that doesn't make it true, does it? I, I can tell you all kinds of stories. I can come up with good ones and, and, and make things sound really well. But it's this, you know, you know, your faith should be built on something. And you know, if your faith is built on something, it shows. It's like this. If you go to the doctor, the doctor says, hey, I want you to lose weight. You say, okay. Well, it's not until the day before that you start eating healthy. Well, Doc, before I come to see you today, I ate a salad. Well, what'd you do for the weeks before that? Well, I didn't do nothing. See, it shows. 
Now, the Bible tells us this. It tells us about our faith. Our faith shows what your foundation is built on shows in your life. It comes out. So uh, what do you mean? Listen to what James gives us the perfect picture. God said, hey, I'm going to explain faith to you, and I'm going to give you the exact way it goes. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 20 says this. It says, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he had faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, depart in peace and be warmed and filled, Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou dost well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works? And in the song it says this, Faith without works is as useless as a screen door on a submarine. It's not by works that we're saved, but it's by works that we show that we are. Let me ask you a question. What's your faith built on? It, it, it's not by works that, that, that proves that you're, that, that you're saved, but it shows that you are. It shows what's in your heart. You know, if, if your heart is truly belongs to Jesus, there's a desire to serve. You say, well, well preacher, I, I, I can't. You don't understand. No, I don't. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand why people refuse to worship the Lord through works. And say, Lord, this is why I can do it. I might not can sing, but I'll try. I might not can do this, but I'll try. God, give me something to do. You died on the cross for me. What do I do? Think about this. Many of us, you know, our only works is one hour on Sunday. And that's it. And then some of the times that one hour on Sunday, you're not even here. Physically you are, but your mind's elsewhere. Your heart's elsewhere. What do you give the Lord? I looked at my life in a mirror this week and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I need to get on my knees and apologize and beg for forgiveness because I don't do what I ought to do. My works in my life, everybody. As a child of the living God, we ought to be saying, Lord, what can I do? How can I? If nothing else, do you smile? people do people look at you and say why do you smile why are you happy it ought to be because the lord jesus christ is in my heart and if things go bad it don't matter i know where i'm going when i take my last breath but most of us walk around like lemons and dill pickles and people get terrified to see us come because we can be some of the meanest nastiest people in the world and what are we showing the world nothing no wonder Jesus probably looks at us and weeps. I, I said, man, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, uh, the, the, there was a group of people that when Lazarus came back to life was excited. They came just to see him. And there was a group of people when Lazarus came back to life was all upset. Let me ask you a question. What does your life show? 
Are you excited about the Lord Jesus Christ? Or does it show that you're upset? You know, I got to ask the Lord, if, if what's in our heart comes out through our life, boy, we're in bad shape sometimes. Listen to this. Listen to this. You ought to know the truth. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26. Paul said this. He said, then I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall fulfill you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said, well, well, preacher, I don't have lust of the flesh. Let me tell you something. If you're not serving the Lord, you're serving the flesh. He says in verse 17, for the flesh lust is, lust is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. You realize there's a war going on every day you get up. Every day you get up, there's a war. Your flesh wants to do this. The spirit's telling you to do this. What do you listen to? What did you listen to this morning? How many of you came ready to worship? How many of you came ready to hear God's word? How many of you came today ready to do something? How many of you realize you got the opportunity to come to him? It to be a different person when you walk out. Because the burdens of the week can pile up on you. But here's the place you can bring them. And come to an old-fashioned altar. Get on your knees and say, God, I just need a refreshing. I just need a little something else. But let me tell you, sometimes the flesh is bringing you down. And you walk in, you say, I don't like it. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too loud. It's too this. It's too that. And you come in with the wrong spirit. And you don't listen to the spirit. You listen to the flesh. What's showing in your life? Woo! Listen to this. He said, but if you be led by the spirit, you're not under the law. To Paul, the law represented sin. All right, you've got to understand that. He said, now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, and cleanness, and viciousness. So, well, I, I, I ain't doing none of them. Oh, well, well, if we, we, we could spend all day breaking these down, and yes, we are. Listen to this, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulsions, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. You know what a heresies is? It's following others that go against God. Divi seditions is just division. Indians, murder, drunkenness, revelings, which is just any sinful act, and such of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in the past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul said it. He, well, he come out plain. He said, if this is what's in your life, if this is what's showing out of your in your heart, out of your life, then are you really saved? Are you really saved? If that's the fruits that you show, if that's the spirit that you have, are you really saved or are you lost? Because it, the, what's in your heart comes out. But listen to what he said. But, but he said, but the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, that if you're a child of God and dwells in you and is in your heart, it says this. He said, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance, against there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions, afflictions of lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be delirious of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. He goes on, Paul said, you ought to show the love of the Lord. How many of us love the Lord when we leave this place? How many of you love Jesus Christ? How many of you would say, hey, he's my Savior? Not only is he my Savior, but he's the Lord of my life. 
You know how I know He's the Lord of my life? Because He leads my life. Let me tell you, I talked to somebody this week, and they was trying to tell me how, how they kept trying to clean yourself. You can't clean yourself up. Amen. There's only one that can, and that's Jesus Christ. And He don't start on the outside like we do. I heard it this morning. I love what the guy said. He said, you ever go outside, get all hot and sweaty? You know, and, and, and you go inside after you've been out working in the yard, you're just covered in sweat and everything. You go in, take you a shower, put on some loose-fitting clothes, and, and then he said something great. He said, get you a big old glass of iced tea. You know, you need to drink it or swim in it. Boy, that feels good. That makes you just say, "Woo, I feel refreshed. But you know what? That's just on the outside. Amen. You know, you, you try to change the outside all you want, but the inside comes back out. Everybody ever had a bad week? Besides me? I got in trouble this morning. Here. I got in trouble this morning. Somebody looked at me and said, close your eyes. I said, huh? She said, close your eyes. I, I know when enough to say, okay. So I closed my eyes. Somebody prayed for me. Said, you're letting things bother you too much. You ain't listening. And it's right. Because when you have a bad week, you have a bad time, it builds up. And how many of you ever had that happen? You come in the Lord's house, boy, you're mad, you're healed. I dare you, God, to bless me. Try it. And then invitation time's given. You've got hold that pew. You're like, I'm not going down. I'm not going down. You ever realize the blessings we miss because we're of the wrong frame of mind when we come to God's house? Maybe we ought to start having invitation first. But no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. That's going to admit that I've done something wrong. What's in your heart? What shows in your life? We got some little five-foot angel this morning to remind me what's in my heart. I wasn't feeding the Spirit. When I read over my sermon, Jesus wept. He says, he's weeping, Steve, because you ain't paying attention. You ain't giving him your heart. You're letting the lust of the flesh take hold of you. You know, you, you, you got to realize a couple things. Woo, you got to realize that you can't do anything. You realize that you can't do anything. I, I talked with a young man this week, and he, he was trying to tell me everything he could do straight down. I said, you can't do nothing. This was bad. I wasn't listening to what I was saying. I do. But in my own heart, I'm doing the exact opposite. You know, the first thing is we've got to realize how, how powerless we are. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now listen to this, you don't hear nothing else. Listen to the rest of this verse. For without me, ye can do nothing. Nothing. Abiding in Christ is, is, is like walking in the spirit. In the spirit, it's how we bear our fruits. What are you abiding in? 
If, when you realize without him you can't do nothing, that changes your life. And then the next thing you need to do is pray. You know, it, it, it's amazing. When you realize what you are and who you are, whoo, prayer comes pretty natural. Because you realize I can't do nothing. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, you know, that's when you want you, you desire to turn to God. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, he said this. He said, for you have not received the spirit of bondage. When you realize this, hey, you ain't that old man. You ain't that old flesh. You've been adopted into a family that cares. You've got a daddy who's always there. You've got a daddy who will set you on the right path. You've got a daddy who will give you what you need. Amen. Sometimes he takes away what you want so you can see what you need. And let me tell you, what you need is him first and foremost in your life. And to realize that without him, you can't do nothing. If not, you know where you're going to end up? You'll end up in the pig pen. You're going to be like the prodigal. And, and, and I want you to think about the, 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 the story of the prodigal son. There's one thing we often always miss. It says when he came to himself. How long did he stay in the pig pen? Most people got this idea. He went out and he said, I'm going to feed the pig. I'm going to feed the pig. Oh, that looks good. I should be doing this. No. How long was he there feeding with the pigs? You know, long enough to get hungry for what daddy had. Sometimes it takes a while. I've been there. You've been there. If we ain't realizing who we should be part of, who our daddy is, you're going to spend more time in the pig pen than you are at the daddy's estate. You're going to spend more time in the slop than you will with the fatty calf. Oh, what you going to miss? Well, you got to realize who he is. You got to believe. You got to believe. That's the next step. You got to believe. Romans 8 1 says this There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Jesus Christ who walketh not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Do you realize that? When Jesus is in charge of that past, that stupid stuff you do, there's no condemnation. You know who brings that back up? Satan. The flesh does. You know, if we would realize that, I think we'd all rush to the altar and say, Lord, i got a problem. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not abiding in you. I'm abiding in the flesh. Lord, Father, Daddy, help me. You know, if we would rely on the one who gives us strength, rely on the one who leads us in every aspect of our life, every day, we'd be different. This church would be full. We'd be terrified for those who don't know them. But instead, it shows us what's in our heart. They say you need to do as you need to act. Listen to what Paul told the church at Philippi. Chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. He says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my, in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I told you that verse many times. Salvation is something that you continue to, to work through. That old man, that one that you that you crucified, that old flesh likes to climb back up. It's hard to defeat him. He, he gets hold of you. Let me tell you, you can have a service and you can say, Lord, I love you. I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Everything's great. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You walk out the door, Satan's going to jump on you with both feet. 
He's going to try his best to pull you down. Sometimes you don't even make it out the door. And he's already pulling you down. He, Jesus, Paul said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That means every day, every minute, Paul told us we ought to pray continuously. We ought to be in that mindset that we need Jesus every second, every minute of the day, not just on Sundays, but through everything that you're doing. Listen to what he said in the next verse. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. God works through you. We need to remember that you know, sin is not nothing trivial. We need to try to get rid of it. It's a war that goes on. You know what sin costs? You realize what it cost? It's Jesus Christ on the cross because you couldn't pay for it. You can't handle what sin cost. But Jesus said, I'll do it for you. God gives us the strength and gives us the ability to act. And the last thing there is once you do the act, you need to be thankful. Paul said this in Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. He said, in everything. Did you hear that? Everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How many of you give thanks for everything? Well, well, preacher, you don't know what happened to me last week. I got that stomach virus the other day. Last thing I want to do is say, thank you, Lord. But you know what? He got my attention. So I can say, Lord, thank you for that. Lord, thank you for the bad things that happened because it reminds me that I need to abide in you. Thank you for the times that things don't go the way I plan it because I know you're watching over me. Thank you for the blessings you get. You know what's so bad? Sometimes we look at the bad things and forget things. Do you realize what God I don't deserve none of it. But be thankful. The next verse, verse 19, says, Quench not the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. I think... He put that in the right place. Because if we're thankful for everything, we don't worry about quenching the Spirit because we're where God wants us to be. If you can't be thankful, you're quenching God's Spirit wherever you go with that sourpuss look on your face. Quench not the Spirit, he says. Be thankful. So when it comes to your faith this morning, how do you react? What do you show the world? Does Jesus look at you and shed tears? Maybe, maybe the thing is, is you need a heart replacement this morning. You know, in Ezekiel chapter 36, it tells this. It says, a new heart I will give you, a new spirit I will put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Sometimes we need that because we become callous. We've grown to where we don't care. We're feeding the flesh more than we are the spirit. We need to do like David did 
He said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, renew a right spirit within me. You know, sometimes I think we forget what Jesus is and who he does. The last thing the Lord led me to this week, I'm going to share all of it with you. As I sat there this week and, and, and things were bad, it's amazing how God gave it to me and I didn't listen to it until this morning when I was reminded of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verses 1 through 10. And I'm not going to read them all. But I want to share this with you. Paul said, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I become as sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so what I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. See, Paul remind, remembered something. Though he could do all kind of things, and people said, Paul, you're, you're great. I realized if I didn't have God's love in my heart, what am I? What am I? So let me ask you again this morning. What is the foundation of your faith today? No, all of us want to say it's Jesus. But in truth, what do we show? So I'm asking you this morning to look yourself in the mirror and say, God, what am I showing? What am I showing? Some of it is either sin. Some of it is fear, which is sin. Anything that doesn't honor God is sin. Some of you are afraid. Some of you are just pride and it shows I wonder how many people what I show have I sent to hell because I said I'm a child of God but I don't act like it Jesus wept every head bowed every eye closed Heavenly Father Lord as we come this morning Lord, it's this, 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 this sermon that I've joked about for years. Lord, I want you to put in everybody's heart and mind this week. Why would you? If I'm in divide in you, am I giving my life to you? Father, I know right now pride's going to take a lot of people out. They're not going to have the courage to do what's needed. But Father, I pray right now that you put something in their heart to let them see that they need you in everything they do. I pray that the night you'll wake them up and show them if you don't. Give them the courage to walk out today because, Father, I know it's hard to battle that flesh. But, Lord, for anybody that would, I pray you give them that strength. Maybe somebody just needs to come pray for somebody else. But, Lord, whatever stands in need of what people need today, whether it's courage, whether it's 
love, whatever it is, Father, give them the ability to say, I need you. Have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. We're going to stand our feet. We're going to sing page. 113. 113 as we sing. You be obedient to the Holy Spirit. reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Say, Lord, I'm tired of trying to do things on my own. I want to get closer to you. See, our church won't have revival until it starts in you. Amen. We won't break out until it starts in you. So we'll ask your job. No, it's yours. It's yours. The church is the members. It's the body. You want revival to break out? It's got to start in you. I'm ready for it. I told God, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry for my sinful ways. I'm sorry for the way that I failed you. The Bible says we're to confess our faults before one another. And this morning, I'm confessing my faults. I've got plenty. I can be here all day telling you. 
Ask for your prayers. Ask for your ask God to lift me up. I want revival. I'm gonna say that I ask God to create me a, a, a clean heart and renew my spirit. Amen. I want to preach like I've never preached before. I want to worship in spirit and in truth. I don't know about y'all. I'm tired of seeing churches just whittle up and dry away. And man, we need to get excited. And it's going to start in you. So I ask you this week, maybe sometime this week, God will do something. You'll want to reach out and touch the hem of his garment like the, the lady with the issue of blood. She said, I just touch it. I'll be healed. I want to do more now. I want to grab hold. I don't want to let go. I, I don't want to go back. I'm tired of going backwards. I want to go forward. So I pray this week you, that God will do something in your life to realize, oh, Lord, I want to be thankful for everything. I want you as the Lord in my life. I hope you have a blessed week. Normally, close in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the for this day you've given us. And, and Father, thank you for the message you have provided. And Father, may we take part of it, Father. May we live our lives, Father, to give you all the glory and all the praise. We pray, Father, that we can be a reach out to somebody today, Father, that don't know you as their Lord and Savior. In your precious name, Father, amen.